Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. Hello everyone and welcome to uh, the uh, Friday Form uh, Focus for the Melton program tomorrow night. There's only eight races on the program, a few thinner races, but some good quality races. Uh, just the same for that uh, card that kicks off at 6.33 on the back of uh, an Ararat Cup program tonight. They've got 11 races there. And uh, as uh, Gareth was just talking about uh, before the news, a big weekend as far as the sales is concerned. Parade day is tomorrow, uh, so you can go out there and, and view the horses. They'll all get paraded. You can get a good idea of something that you might be interested in buying. You might go there just liking the horse flesh, but see something that takes your fancy and think, I might be able to afford this. And then the sales are on Sunday and Monday. So it's a big weekend with the new Trin Equine sales. It's a big weekend for Harness Racing. And there's no race meetings uh, for Sunday and Monday. So if you are looking at getting a, a race horse, you can put your full attention into finding one on Sunday and Monday with no harness meetings in Victoria on each of those two days. Jason Bonington will be joining me uh, shortly. Um, the meeting at Melton tomorrow night, uh, the only scratching at this stage is a pretty important one because it would have been uh, an odds-on favourite, and that's Mafasa Metro, unfortunately, has come out of the last event, the Tab Uncle Patrika Trotter's free-for-all. So race eight, horse number six, and that uh, is Mafasa Metro, and that's the only uh, early scratching at this stage that I have on my list, and that'll be the final leg of the quaddy as well at uh, Melton. So the opening event kicks off at 6.33 and it's the, the Garrard's uh, trot. Um, Harness Racing Victoria have been scheduling some pretty challenging races to kick off the night, which is absolutely fantastic. As, as well as the, the, the scheduling and programming of race meetings, it's also, I think, there's an art form in getting them in the right order on the night. And I've really uh, liked the way that HRV and the, the handicapping and racing team have, have scheduled the races. They do a really good job. I reckon they'd get some satisfaction about the way that they put them together. And I think the first race on the program, at that time of the day, a lot more eyes are on at the end of the Gallops program. And it helps with the turnover. And we get these races that look very competitive. Uh, and the Garrard's trot is of no exception the first event on the card uh, tomorrow. Now, Jason Bonington. I believe is... I'm here. I certainly can't hear myself for some reason, but I'm... Can you hear me, Dan? I can hear you, Jason. Well, that's all that matters. I can't How hear you, but you can hear me. So as long as you can hear me, then we can communicate. And when we can communicate, we find winners. Winners, so that winners, is winners, winners. That's it. Um, How are you? I agree with you. So um, I can't remember when I was speaking about this, but uh, certainly... Race one is dedicated to, uh, on a Saturday night, to, to sort of being a, a, well, a thoroughbred-style race where they can find mm. one big open field. Um, they try and make sure that the favourite's not going to be too short, and that's exactly what we've got. Um, trotting Affair to kick off the program. Love Gun is at $1.80, but one thing that um, has been investigated uh, pretty substantially, Dan, that people might not know is it's okay to have a red figure favourite. In fact, in harness racing... Having a favourite around a dollar eighty to two twenty, but even a dollar eighty, dollar ninety mark, that is with with a full field twelve runners or ten runners for a short course race, is your ideal betting medium. So people think um, some people will say if there's a red figure favourite, that's a problem. But in fact, turnover wise in the trots, a dollar eighty favourite is actually uh, very enticing for punters. 
Yeah, particularly when you find another $1.80 favourite you're really keen on later on the night. It's a great way to have an interest spread over the course of the night um, and uh, and also get a bit more value. But uh, these races, I've found them very difficult uh, the last uh, few weeks, but I enjoy that challenge at the start of the night. Um, so that's terrific. And even in this case, we've got a, a favourite that's short enough, but wouldn't be one that I'd be um, you know, wanting to uh, put all tips into. No, it's a, it, the speed map early is even very interesting, I would have thought here. Elder Baron missed his first up, I believe, without a troll. I couldn't find one. Hordicam's no. got a good early speed. Imperial Louise can run the gate. Love Gun is generally protected to some degree early. Um, Hammer's Law might go forward. I think Love Gun is going to find a very nice spot in transit, potentially not leading, but maybe sitting 1-1 uh, with a run. And uh, Tipsy Turvey's racing in well, the peak of her powers, or at the peak of her powers, and I think you might have found her last start when she won as well. How did, if, if we're not chips in to Love Gun, are we still tipping it on top, or have we found something to beat it? No, I've gone for some value uh, outside of Love Gun. I just think Love Gun's too short. Um, look, I do admire the way he's going and the job that Jess and Greg are doing with Love Gun, and, and I, I think as time goes on, I'll get more trust in him. And he's won three of his last five, so maybe I'm just a, a hard marker. If he was $4, I'd say absolutely. But at $1.80, I'm still a little bit wary. Um, I think Hordecam from the draw, providing it doesn't get a run in the race after, um, always the worry when you're doing form and a horse is a, an emergency in another race and obliged to run in that other race um, and will change things up dramatically because if he come out, Love Gun gets into about a dollar fifty as well. But um, as it stands, uh, Hordecam, um, I think it's the right race for him. I think he's had enough uh, racing of late to respect him coming out of some of those country cups it's a good race for Hordecam. so i've put him on top the good draw is obviously uh very important love gun is is the hardest to beat naturally well i shouldn't say naturally but you would expect at a dollar 80 chance he's got to be a really good hope um don't touch the Ducos generally a front marker but the way that chris lang's team went last week they're all flying and um i at 21 dollars, i just wonder whether he's worth um, something on at that price because I just thought the stable clicked. They went into overdrive last week of four runners that Chris had, two winners, two seconds. So we know this horse is a, um, as a leader, uh, but the way he ran along at a good clip last week, I, I just reckon $21 is over the odds on what I saw last week. And naturally, Tipsy Turvey is in the mix as well. So two, four, nine, and 10 in the first chase. All right, I've gone 4, 10, 1, and 11. I'm going with Love Gun on top. No value. I marked uh, Love Gun $2, so $1.80. We're not getting any overlay there. Tipsy Turvey, I marked $3.50, getting $5. Maybe there's something there. Elder Baron Misty, we're going in uh, pretty blind up. We uh, first up from a break, but the horse does have a fair bit of ability. Behind the leader, I think Elder Baron Misty certainly at her best could win. Three poles a lot harder. And I've thrown in number 11, Leanne Leanne, who's doing everything wrong, unfortunately, at the moment. Bobby Kutcher and Meister, ever since uh, that big win, it's all gone a little bit pear-shaped for Leanne Leanne. But we know when she's in the mood and she minds her manners, well, she'd be much better than a $17 chance, put it that way. 4, 10, 1 and 11. We've got a whole lot of stingers made up. Ollie's very excited about the whole situation. We're going to go for a break. And when we come back, well, right now I can hear Dan and Dan can hear me, but I'd love to be able to hear myself as well. 
And that's what we're going to attempt to try and rectify during this break. When we come back, we'll get stuck into race two. The Colin Redwood Memorial Victorian Squared Trotters Association Trotters Handicap Final. Wow. Race two. Now, wow. I'll read it again. Let me take a breath. Colin Redwood Memorial Victorian Square Trotters Association Trotters Handicap Final. And, you know, it's very hard sometimes when you're taking early quaddies or quaddies, Dan, to, to, to take that leap. And, and I know it's an ego thing. Nobody wants to press F for field. But I'll tell you what, that's exactly what I'll be doing here. The handicaps are almost perfect right across the board to the point where I really, if necessary, I could make a case for absolutely anything here. And what I'm planning to do, even though we'll give tips, from a punting perspective, if I am to play in this race, is just pick apart the overs. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I, I You know, when I looked at the race, my first thought was, uh, actually my second thought was, oh, my God. And then my second thought was, gee, I hope Jason goes first. That was, honestly, so you were thought about, as soon as I looked at this race for some reason, I associated it with you um, because <laughs> you'd be doing the Greg Williams and just handballing it at a million miles an hour at me and, and I'd just be like a deer in the headlights. This is a tough race. This is a very tough race. I, I'm actually, you know what really surprised me, Jace, is that the, the tab, that's the market I'm working off at the moment, or the only one I think we've got at the moment, have found a favourite as short as $2.70 because I got nowhere near that short. So I've either grossly uh, underestimated his chances. Um, I, I'm a bit like you. I could find a way, if you wanted me to stand up and court, be a bit of a Perry Mason and make a case for every horse, I could do that here. I could do that without a problem, and uh, I'm 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 none the wiser as to who I could um, suggest you back. Although having seen the prices now this morning, there is one horse there. Actually, two horses that are way over what I've priced right. them. I'm going to try and guess because I've got, there's a couple that are in the same boat for me. So, in fact, there's a few. Petite, yeah. petite love, I think. Has, I, I'm wondering whether it's got to be one of them. It, it's $23. I marked it uh, $6. Um, going down the list, and, and the other one might, is that's not my gate for me. There are others, actually, but they're the yeah. two that I found. Yeah, look, you're right. There are others. First of all, Fling at Rainbow, I priced it at seven fifty. Yeah, um, at $8.50. Uh, yeah. I've got Petite Love, the 7 at $11. So... And I have my markets are usually around the hundred percent, you know. So the, these are definite, and that's not my gate, as you said. I've got it at, at eight dollars fifty. Naturally, there's a few others I've got much longer than what their prices are, but that's not my gate at twenty three dollars. I think it's got to be value. I think just the fact that Chris Alford is on the favourite and the horse he trains with his wife Alison, John Keldo's on, and just that mere fact that's my, not my gate's at twenty three dollars, but. It shouldn't be. Uh, and if you like Fling at Rainbow, you've got to like That's my, Not My Gate as well. So um, don't leave one out uh, of the other if you're taking exotic bets. It doesn't make the race any easier. Uh, the horse that I, I fancied is actually probably a bit shorter than I'd anticipated as Rohan. When I say I fancied, it, 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 it's almost like a group selection, Jason. Yeah. It, just a bit of depth. There's good form around this race. It's just very challenging under the stand-start conditions, but a good race just the same. And I think Rohan's turned the corner with Matt Horsnell. The last two runs have been very good, been very good. One was a mobile, 
Last start was a stand, and that form is through Kai Valley Piero. So that's where the market uh, has found those two as the top two in the market. But there's a lot more traffic for Kai Valley Piero to get around or through. Uh, getting away safely uh, and and well is is most important. When Rohan is off the front mark, again, it's it's equally as important for him but he could make good use of that draw and could end up in front. So that might be the advantage the Rohan could have. Um, on the flip side, it could be all pear-shaped, but that's what a stand start can do at times. I could, look, if I hadn't <laughs> written down my tips, every time I gave my top four, it could be different. Um, fortunately, I have written them down, scratched them out, wrote them down again, scratched them out, wrote them down again. In the end, I thought, just go with it. Um, for Rohan... Uh, 10, Kai Valley Piero, 11, that's not my gate, and 6, Fling It Rainbow. And I, I need to make mention, Hordekam, if he's in the race, has got to be a chance. Claudia and Gus is going terrific. Scooting around's got a rough hope. You mentioned Petit Love. I think Berries and Cherries were the right runs, got a hope. Watch and Act is terrific chance. And I thought Play Saves Cork and Chinsky. If there's something I've left out of there, easy pickings. Well, it's at 750. It's unders, I think. It's a chance if it can negotiate all that traffic. It would have been unfair if I didn't mention every horse's name in that race. This is really tough. Um, I've gone 10, 11, 7 and 13. But I think it is interesting, at least, at least, in such a minefield that we've both found that's not my gate as, well, it's the biggest overs in the race. I marked it even shorter than you. I marked that's not my gate five bucks. And he's 23. So we are in concurrent with... At least one runner. I'm thinking the other overs. If I had to go through this field, I'd say Cork is overs. Um, I reckon uh, Petite Love is overs. Scooting around is overs. Flint Rainbow's overs. Um, and, and that means there's got to be unders there as well. And I reckon, I think actually Rohan's got him too short now at $4.40. Um, Kai Valley Piero is the one to beat, but $2.70 in a race like this on with you, Dan. I can't be taking it. I marked it $3.50. So Kai Valley Piero on top. But we agree on one thing in this mad, crazy, hectic, frenetic world, and that's that's not my gate. He's overs in the second event on the card. We'll make the case for the third before we uh, go to a break. This is... I really like this race for some reason. Now, I, I always advocated as soon as the national rating system came in, I love the idea of wide band width races over short trips because it forces the quote unquote better horses to do something in the run and uh, and dominate. And here, and a short trip also means if you can get an advantageous position, you are likely to keep it. And that's the situation I see here. Blood Moon to lead, incredible record when in front. Polly put kettle on, has to go forward and sit parked. What happens between them will dictate the chances potentially of its ebony and ivory first up from a break. I'm strongly with one of your old mates, Polly put kettle on, but it's going to be a race and Polly put kettle on is going to be forced to win it, if you know what I mean, Dan. Yeah, look, last time it was held up, just came with one run and flashed home. It was very much an eye catcher. That form line, though, Shayala and Tangoing with Sierra, that is significantly stronger than the field that she's meeting here. Um, Imperial's reason, Shayella the start before. It, look, uh, this is her chance, Polly put kettle on. Uh, I've seen it win from all um, different positions in running, but clearly she chases really good. She sat without cover, she's not out of it, but it weakens her chances. I think she's the one to beat, um, Polly put kettle on. Uh, there's a number of horses that can go forward. There's one that could be very much... Uh, completely hit and miss depending on where she ends up. But uh, Heavenly Charm is going really well. 
if she could get to the pegs first, which I'm not certain of, but if she could, she's a quick beginner. I'm and cer- even if that I, I, meant, I'm certain of it. She, she'll she'll get okay, to the pegs well, first. Whether she she kept out Blood Moon or sat behind Blood Moon, she might be your outsider. Uh, that's worth having a play on each way, Heavenly Charm, because she's going well. Um, so I've got her in for second at the odds. Uh, that could be out the window if she didn't get the pegs. Maybe she's better in front, but she's certainly better on the peg line. If she's on the pegs, it's hard to see her missing a place, I thought. And I think she's pretty good odds, Jace, around 20 to 1. So um, second tip. Maybe the better play each way if the favourite is too short. Currently 180, Polly put kettle on. Blood Moon, she chased well. She's not just one-dimensional as a leader. I thought she was pretty good last week, yeah. the way she chased. Um, and what else have I got? Seven, three, six, and it's Ebony and Ivory, I reckon, will probably need the run. Uh, but I don't want to dismiss her because of her class. So if you're taking multiple early quaddies, throw her in. And the other thing to remember, this is very important, there's going to be a really good big six pool tomorrow night. Now, usually oh. I miss out on, on either A, remembering, or B, the information being forwarded to me. But I reckon this is one betting type that harness racing can really hang its hat on uh, and have a bet type that can be more the exclusive to harness. So if the tab can support it every week, they're putting in a seeded pool here, I think about 25,000. They're expecting a pool of about 75 grand. Now, to me, that's almost a must to have some involvement in. If we can get that regularly, instead of just having a $37 pool, nothing comes of it, the next week a $37 pool and so on, if this is seeded every week, we can get big pools. And if there's a carryover from week after week, it'll build and build and build. Eight race program, big six starts on race number three, and I think it's worth having a, a crack at tomorrow night. Um, and in the first leg, whether you try to go narrow with Polly Put Kettle on or get that value with Heavenly Charm, seven, three, six, and eight. All right, I'm going seven, eight, six, and five. Blood Moon has won four from four when leading over the short trip. Isn't one dimensional, but eight starts leading for six wins, so she does love to live. I'll talk more about this race, and I want to discuss this big six situation as well when we return. Short break here on the Friday Form Panel, SEN Track. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. Um, further to this, so a couple of things. Race three, Polypool Kettle on a dollar eighty. I still think, even though it's got a, a couple of things to overcome, it's one of my. I've got top tier best bets of the night, and then second tier, and I would put it on the second tier of my best bets of the night. Seven, eight, six, and five. And if I was having a uh, big six here, I'd have six, seven, and eight included. But here's what I reckon should be done. If we're going to do this. Dan, I, I didn't know anything about this, but if we're going to do this, we need to throw a few dollars to a few people, and there should be an article every week, and you send it around to punters and wherever it has to go, and put it on SEN Track. Dan Malecki, Jason Bonington, uh, Tim O'Connor, Gareth Hall, Adam Hamilton, uh, Mitch Sidebottom, Matt Leopard, and you, and you get everyone to give their big six every week, and you make a competition out of it, and people start to follow, um, you know, their favourite tips is Big Six. That's got to be the way to go, doesn't it? Where you're, you're promoting it in that way where you're saying this actually means something a bit. Yeah, and associate it with harness racing. Yes. That push would work. Yeah, yep. for sure. With the big dogs from harness racing outlined above. He's called himself a big dog. Anyway.
That's okay, I've done it before. Thanks, Singing here's to love and growing up. Live on SEN Track, welcome to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. Anne-Marie? Anne-Marie? Zara Larson. Good old Zara Larson. She was... Did you know Zara Larson was a competitor in, like, the Swedish voice or uh, X Factor or something like that? Zara Larson? Anyway, a little bit of an education there. Um, I do... But that, uh, that that big six idea, I just think... It, yeah, I like it. Tied to harness racing. and But the, the only way... He, um, I think people are going to get into it, Dan, is if you do sort of yeah, pump it up and give them options in that way. Because I must say, in in all three codes, I haven't played a hell of a lot of big sixes. I played them when they first came in. And then I think I think right across the board, the, the, the pools just became, um, you know... Uh, too perfunctory. You couldn't really make money out of them, I didn't feel, and, and there was a fair bit of effort put in. But harness racing is really well suited, isn't it? Because yeah. you've got your quaddies. There's a couple of one ounces, there's a couple where you want to play really wide. And and if done properly, it is a bet type in the trots where you, you, you might think to yourself, yeah, I reckon... I reckon I reckon I can get that leg right, or I can or I can isolate that leg, and that'll cut a few out, or I'll get some value over there and make something of it. You just need the pools, don't you? Yeah, and if you played them regularly and had a certain um, way that you took a, a, you know, make it a quaddy, so two legs, one out, and if you did it every week, you'd be a chance. But you can't do it every week in the current format because, as I said, there'd be $37 in the pool, and then that money does not jackpot, and then you don't know, and you're relying on someone like yourself or me to remind people the big six is on, and we need someone to advise us that there's a big six jackpot. Um, If all that works... um, we get more people that are involved that want to bet on this this bet type. I'm happy to put money in. Sometimes I get really annoyed when I see the dividend and think, why didn't I get told that this bet type was on? It's not doing it justice. You want to get people that can enjoy the bet type. Yeah. If you give people an opportunity, an option, right, they can make their own mind up where they want to do it. But if they're never given that option, they'll never know. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and well stated. Now, it is a bit of a night uh, tomorrow evening at Vicarnas headquarters of pseudo-match races and uh, another six furlong race. I think I, in, in a way, these are more enjoyable, I think. Um, now, these are there's some nice horses here, but, of course, we've just seen the Stampede and the Mercury 80 final, and I feel like the 1,200-metre races are even better suited to not the absolute elite horses and sometimes even to horses far inferior to these. But um, this, is, this is a nice race. The problem is... Um, we don't know enough. I don't think about just roll your own. Although going back and watching some of his wins in New Zealand, he has got a stunning turn of speed. Having said that, I, I couldn't have had him a dollar fifty. I marked he and Haranya at two dollars each of two. Was was I off the mm. mark? Is just roll your own just a winner? Yeah, I, I don't know. If it was twenty two hundred meters, um, I, I'd probably be able to give just roll your own a much better push. Uh, because it'll be a distance that would suit it better. Um, but he comes over here on such a good mark. Say it every time Andy gets one. He must be giggling to himself. He's he's not one step ahead of the handicappers and ratings. He's, he's a lap and a half ahead. 
Um, and the horses he brings across, they have to just keep winning and winning and winning. Um, there will be an exception to that, but generally he just picks them perfectly. Um, they have a series of uh, unplaced runs or uh, runs where they've been okay but out of the money and they drop in uh, ratings and come to a race like this. Um, I'm sure it's not the ideal race for him, but we might find out more. I, I don't know. I was tricked by the race because Harania either has to come out at the start or just gets too far back. Might still have the class to win it. Just roll your own. Like you, it's been a long time since he's seen a front row within uh, some of his backline draws and also standing starts. I, I saw him win a race at Addington and he showed gate speed, not blistering gate yeah. speed, but the sort of gate speed that you need to hold a spot. So he had more than that. He actually worked to the front. So he's got something there. And Andy's really good at finding that extra length or two out of those sorts of horses. In the race that he won... He beat a horse called Danamora. Now, Danamora come out and was stunning when she scored a Ballarat last night. So straight away, um, I can find a race and a horse that I can relate to. And yeah. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. That race was over 1,980 metres and it was at Addington. So I think it's enough for me to get a bit of confidence and the horse that we're dealing with goes pretty good. The price suggests it does, but I don't like getting sucked in by a price. <laughs> I couldn't tell you to back it at $1.50 or anyone for that matter, Jason. Um, we don't make the prices. I suspect it may drift a little bit here because uh, I still think it's a challenging race. But I can make a case for why it can win first up. If it was $2,200, i would be confident. Uh, even over the short trip, probably slightly more confident. But these 1,200-metre races, while we're getting to see them uh, a little more often nowadays, um, there's not really a, a lot of horses that are exposed to that distance or, or not within this group anyway. So four with a question mark naturally. Um, a question mark but not with a little dot down the bottom, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Eight Haranya, six Jilibi Selwood, and I threw Meserati in. He, he could surprise. He, he can hold a forward spot and he could run well, but four, eight, six, three. There's no doubt that just roll your own. Um, from what I've seen, he, he, he'll he get through classes pretty quick. I'm not saying you'll just put a picket fence together, but he's a horse that probably should be, not on based on his form, but he will be 30 rating points higher in due course. Yes, I believe he will. But for him to be 30 rating points higher, Harania only has to get 15 rating points higher, and he'll get there as well. Um he hasn't probably exploded in the way that I was hoping that he would, Haranya, but he's – and you put a line through the last start performance. I just went um, Haranya as the devil that I knew a little bit better. So I've got in on top here, but clearly huge respect for, for just roll your own and a um, little bit of a trend now with the Mick Boots runners going to Andy Gathy. spreads the load, Mick Boots, but uh, that majestic terror last week was an association between Andy and Mick, and uh, here's another one. And like I say, when I went back and watched a couple of the – uh, better performances. He's a pretty smart horse. Uh, I've thrown in Jilliby Selwood for third and Captain Wilson for fourth. But you know who I reckon is going to lead on its ear here? And I wouldn't be surprised if it ran a race. Who do you reckon no, I might I'm, be thinking of? Um, well, foolish pleasure. Yeah. Reckon, yeah. Uh, when The love bug Jimmy Herbertson doesn't always press the button with foolish pleasure. But when he does... Yeah. Uh, the horse absolutely flies out. And you've got a front line here where um, 
our cheek, it's not a fast front line no, for a twelve hundred meter race. No, it's it? not. I mean, our cheeky, yeah. and there's not the class there. Maserati's got a little bit. Just stop rolling your own. I found a little bit as well. Art Jester's got a little bit. Surely be someone's not often used up at the start. Foolish pleasure, I reckon, could be two lengths in front of them, within about uh, within about eighty or hundred meters. So, and if he's there. I don't think that uh, the love bug will be mucking around. I think he'd be running along and seeing, okay, you're going to have to beat me from here. But the one thing about these six furlong races, and you just mentioned it, if you get to program them, and clearly there's starting to be more, but there's got to be plenty. It's like if you ever bring Stan Start Racing back, there's got to be plenty. Yeah. Because you've you've got to establish form lines, don't you? You've got to work out, okay, who are – who are our gun 1,200-meter horses? And you start to work out who it is rather than having to guess, Dan. And and also, too, another factor with the 1200s, the 1200-metre drivers as well, yeah. having had experience in those races, I reckon it makes a big difference because it's over in a flash. If you haven't um, got your plan sorted out by the post the first time, you know, pretty much say goodnight or say a prayer. And And the other thing to keep in mind is... There's always eight across, so the, the outside horse will be on the outside of the front line. They extend that little arm out, a bit like you do when you've run out of cash, <laughs> and uh, the Captain Wilson starts outside the front line, but they always will, so there's never a second line in the 1,200-metre races. Yeah, have you got vision of me here? I'm extending the arm out right now. Um, we're going to go for a break, come back. We've still got half the card left to go and a couple of new segments right at the back end as well. Stick with us. Friday form battle. Dan Malecki and Jay Bond. The arm's out. Anybody want to get back soon? Met me, you don't know why you can't turn around and say goodbye. All you know is when I'm with you, I make you free and swim through your veins like a fish in the sea. I'm singing, follow me. Follow me or follow Dan or follow whoever you like. <laughs> Hopefully we're in, uh, we're in concurrence and in accordance as we start the quaddy legs. And this is the third leg of the... Big six. I'd be having just roll your own and Harania and nothing else in that six furlong race if you were playing the big six, Dan? Yeah, I don't know. It might be the one if you can narrow down other legs just in case um, to throw something like a Foolish Pleasure in or um, maybe a Jillaby Selwood. But again, a lot of it will depend on where your confidence lies throughout the, the, the six legs of the big six. Because to be fair, my confidence is never usually high in a 1,200-metre race. With all due respect, I like calling them. Um, some of the races have been very entertaining, but still what makes it attractive in a sense too, you often find a bit of value or there's not anything that is just stand out moral. Like in this case, just roll your own $1.50, would it lead? It's probably unlikely, but it might. Um, so that within itself is always challenging. So... Um, I, look, depends how much money you want to spend on a big six. If you want to narrow it down and have to, they're the two. Uh, but if you're confident on the other legs, you might just take a little one for a, a, a far lesser percent to try to get the value with a Maserati, Jellyby Selwood or Archester or Foolish Pleasure or even a Captain Wilson. Well, I like, I've said this uh, many times, but in the 35 years that I've been following racing, it's probably a bit more now, um, Flexi betting is the greatest initiative that was ever brought in. Um, there's been there's been little uh, attempts to do a thousand things to uh, to spark wagering, but uh, to be able to play quaddies and exotics the way you want to, do you remember you you would remember the days of course down where you to try and get the hundred percent or the fifty percent, you're cutting things out of quaddies that you want to keep in. Oh yeah, and it's just it was just 
devastating to have to do that because inevitably the one that you'd cut out to try and to try and be able to have a 50% of the quadrilla was the one that would win. And you'd, you just don't have to do it these days. And I'm a little bit fortunate. I don't suffer from this thing. I'm not worried about getting 4%. If, if I'm getting 4% and I think it's going to pay $20,000, I'm, I'm happy to get 4% of $20,000. I don't even think about the percentage, really. Yeah. I think about who deserves to go in. And and if you've got $100 to spend or whether you've got it. $10 to spend. And, um, yeah, I think you're right. Look, once upon a time when I was growing up, the, the legs were bracketed. So right. 9 and 10 would be together. 8 and 11 would be together. Um, 7 and 12 would be together and so on. And in a big field of 24, <laughs> your, your bottom numbers could have three horses within that bracket. So, And again, it was a 50-cent unit back in those days. Yes. So um, you would c- combine you know, five brackets per leg and it still adds up to what it would to today. But it makes it more affordable. There's far more race meetings. And if you like having a flutter, um, you need to spread that money over the course of the week because 40 years ago... The course of that week was probably all three codes. You, you would have had 20 meetings tops for the whole week incorporating all three codes. Now, um, you know, times that by five just in your own state for all three codes, let alone a, a single code. So you need that money uh, spread around, don't you? Because, A, you want to enjoy it. Let's face it. If you're going to have a bet, um, you want to have an, a bit of enjoyment about it. No doubt about it. I'll tell you what. I'm, I think I'm going to enjoy this race. First leg of the quaddy, third leg of the big six. Now, I very much thought this was a a, uh, a map-based pick-your-poison. Magnetic Terror, no doubt, was very, very good, first up on Australian soil. But he's stepping up in grade from a wide front-line draw with a couple of horses inside that might want to post it. Now, if that happens, as good as Magnet- Magnetic Terror was, and I did not get the $7 about ever hoping, but ever hoping... Galloped away, flew home, and somehow got within eight metres of its stable mate, Better Eclipse, in the city of Melton Plate at Group 3 level, which used to be a Group 2 race. And you go back to a win uh, four starts back where it came from, literally, it felt like it was a, it was in a different suburb, a postcode away, and it's been able to win from well back. Yes, the draw's awkward, but I'll tell you what, if they do post-magnetic terror here, I don't think it should be a dollar eighty, Dan. I must admit, I... I... I agree with what you've said, but I didn't see Magnetic Terror getting posted. Not a quick beginner, but would have to be driven similarly to last week, balanced up, push on. Because remember, it had a crack for the lead, didn't really get it, or didn't get it, and was too strong. I thought at least it showed, or sent out a warning to everyone else, if something tries to keep it out, they can't win. Uh, I wouldn't have thought. No, the only thing I will say with this race, well, it's a better race, um, got a smudge in 19th man, I think, would be more entitled to do so. There's been good money for 19th man. Nathan, Jack, you see the guy, kind of guy that would hand up. And also, yep. the only other thing I'd say here is magnetic terror, knowing that um, uh, a horse like Ever Hoping is going to come into the race late, are you a little bit more reticent to lay down the law as early as magnetic, magnetic terror did? in that first Aussie run, because if you crush the leader here and you take off, they will charge again at late. And I think if if it went into beast mode too early, ever hoping would come home all over the top. That's only my read, but um, I just thought they should be closer in the price. But if you think Magnetic Terror is going to lead, I'm assuming you are very confident it's going to win. 
Oh, it's going to press forward. Um, I mean, barrier seven is only a bad gait yeah. when you think neg- negatively, you know. Correct. You've got a, a fit horse that shows a bit of ability uh, and is a good stayer. Uh, you make use of barrier seven. You embrace it. It actually becomes barrier six if the emergency comes out. Yep. Um, sent out a warning to all other competitors last week. I'm a horse on the up. I should be a 90 rater, not a 73. Um, and I'd say horses like Goddess Smudge, 19th man, they're better sit sprinters. Mr. Macedon was terrific last week, has got gate speed, might press forward. There might be a battle for the early lead uh, to try and get the spot behind Magnetic Terror. Now, he could be sitting wide, pressing on, just waiting for that to unfold, then have a crack for the lead. Or he sits wide, he comfortably gets to the spot outside the leader once they back it off and he can control the race from there. The harder they go, no doubt, the better it would suit a horse like Ever Hoping. At the way we saw Mirakuru go last start, him yeah. as well, yeah. and maybe even a, a major man bar. But um, I, I thought the chances were more likely Magnetic Terror would lead this week than last week. Um, and that might be the difference in price here. And the thing is, we've seen him now. We, we can make up our own uh, uh, opinion on Magnetic Terror based on what we saw. Similar draw. I say a similar type of field, at least the front line is, and um, I, I think I can see him in front. If he's in front, to me, he's the one to beat. Ever hoping, the reasons you gave are spot on. Uh, it's challenging if there's a quarter in that race that is slower, it's not going to help him, unless he's on the move, Greg Sugar's moving at that point, which he's likely to do. Can he sustain a run for that period of time, or is he just a, a sit sprinter that can reel off some extraordinary split? Um, I'm sure he can run well, but it's always going to be a challenge. If uh, if outside the front line's a challenge, so surely outside the back row was a bigger yeah. challenge. Um, so of tip seven, I thought 19th man might be capable of leading and then taking the trial. He's only third up from a spell, so I would doubt that they would want to chance their arm and have Magnetic Terror sit outside of them. But it might be a little bit of a battle early. Got a smudge, 19th man, perhaps Aussie playboy. Mr. Macedon was really good last week. I didn't put him into my top four, and, and I'm not sure it's the right race for him, but there is a race for him coming yeah. up soon. Um, 7, 3, 13, and, and Mirakuru, he's $26 fixed odds, 4, 6 of the place. He'll, he'll need a bit of that pace on, but he was terrific last week. I think Steve Cleave even learned a little bit more about him. Uh, the horse's willingness to chase now and finish off his races better coming from behind. But he'll need a, a solid tempo. And I think Magnetic Terror, personally, I think Barrier 7 here, it's in this instance, it actually looks a good draw for him. Uh, I it, think. It very, it very well may be. Uh, he is a balance and burn horse. Um, and he was so good. Uh, the thing is... I just struggle, as good as he was, I struggle taking, looking at the SP profile and seeing him 250 last start, first Aussie go, and now into a dollar eighty here. So the fact that he's unders ensures that there has to be overs. Ever hoping they've already snapped it up. Seven into four, I reckon he might sh- shorten even further. I thought that run in the Melton Plate was obscene after losing 15 or 20 metres at the start and then getting beaten eight metres by a multiple group one winning stable mate. And the way Greg spoke about Ever Hoping... In the interview that I did, um, the parade ring prior to that race indicated to me he believes Ever Hoping will be a free-for-all going forward. Um, I thought the other overs in the race, I've got 13 ahead of seven. Got a smudge. I think that he's going really well. Last start performance, terrific. And on with you, Mirakuru, I marked 750 $26. If they go nuts, Mirakuru has now proven that he's not a one-trick pony that has to go up and play bully every time. And Sassiola... 
might just be a completely forgotten horse here. It's going to be another one that gets well back. But if they do go berserk and Magnetic Terror doesn't get the lead and then he goes into beast mode and, and crushes the lead, or even if he gets leads and he's um, he's a better horse when he's eyeballing one, I, I'm just thinking he might come out and brain a Magnetic Terror. I just don't want to take the dollar eighty. So I'm going 13, 7, 2, 11 and throwing in 6 as well. We've got a few minutes till the news, so let's get stuck into... One of my absolute best bets of the night. We'll talk about our best and multicultural a little bit later where we come up with a little bit of a multi. But Outlaw Man, I was on him, as you very well know, Dan Malecki, to win that Melton Plate, and he didn't get beaten far. He was in front, in front, in front, in front, swamped by better eclipse, and I think this is an even more appropriate race. Um, Lark Captain, we know, can blaze out. I made this case in the form comment. Lark Captain can blaze out, but would you risk it when... Your chances of crossing out Law Man are not massive. Tangoing with Sierra is going terrific, but he's best driven probably conservatively. Code Bailey was massive first up from a two-year break, but quite often when they've had a two-year break and they have a run, even if it was only over 1,200 metres, is there a little bit of second-up syndrome? I think it all just reads perfectly for Outlaw Man, and I think $1.65 isn't bad. I'm hoping you agree. Not no, quite. No. Not no, quite. No. Um, not when I first looked at the race, I thought, "Gee, Code Bailey, you are well placed here." What you said about the second up, little query, Jason Lee, he he, he probably thought he could lead last start, and then even after the race, he thought, "Well, if I led, I think I would have won." Good race, had the run back. He's a very fast beginner, Code Bailey. Got a bit of class. Now, I'm not saying Outlaw Man would hand up to him, like Captain might, might over the short. I think if it was a straight line over two hundred metres, my money would be on like Captain to be faster than Outlaw Man. Barrier draw assists Outlaw Man. Code Bailey might be as fast as Lark Captain. So Code Bailey's chances might depend more on how quick Lark Captain's able to get off the arm. First up, come out, didn't really press on with it because he was first up challenging race. This time, more suitable trip, run under its belt. Um, It's got to come out running, surely. Outlaw Man will too. He's hard fit. If he leads, very hard to see him getting beaten. Uh, I went with Code Bailey. I might have read this wrong, um, but I've tipped six from one, two and three. Montana Storm hedging my bets there because he'll be behind Outlaw Man. And he was very good winning a couple of starts ago. So wouldn't be a horse I'd put the pen through here because how hard they work early could bring or take out uh, some of the other horses I haven't mentioned. Um, I think, I think Code Bailey would be very hard to beat. Can he sit without cover over that trip? I mean, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable if he was there, but he should be fit enough now that, you know, I, I wouldn't rule it out with his class. They've got him back. They've worked hard. Race improvement first up, maybe more to come. He's a very, very good horse. If this race was run two years ago, Code Bailey would be thirty. Now, I know a lot of water's gone under the bridge, a lot of water. In fact, the bridge has been rebuilt. But um, I've, I've just got to go with Code Bailey here. Six, one, two, and three. Yeah, most of the water in the Amazon's gone under the under the, for Code Bailey. It, it would be dollar ten. Code Bailey at his best is probably is nearly as good as any horse going around right now. He could he could at his best he could win. And anybody who saw him win the Bendigo Cup that night, uh, where I think he broke fifty five over the long trip. In the Terrain Cup, and he runs um, even, in, I think, a Hunter Cup. He is a 
he's a very special horse, but he is second up from two years off. I'm declaring outlaw man. If he doesn't win this week, we might put the gun in the holster. But I just want to say the one thing I want to say is, um, and I far bit from me to um, to tell Kate Gath how to drive, but I'd just like to see outlaw man if he gets the easy lead that I think that he will, just to to run along and and decide at his moment of choosing when to put the speed into the race and when to go through the gears. Because the one thing I reckon Outlaw Man lacks is point-to-point 100-metre speed or 150-metre speed. I think you've got to get rolling. Hopefully, Code Bailey's outside of you. Start to get him a bit uncomfortable and then draw away and hopefully win at $1.65. We'll go to the news comeback. Two more races to go, then the best and our multis for this meeting at Melton Park tomorrow night. Victorian Harness Headquarters. Stick with us for the Friday form panel. That reminds me of She's a mold. Yep. It's Madison Avenue. It was uh, out just a little pup at the nightclubs in Geelong when that song came out. So um yes. So plenty of water's gone under that bridge as well, unfortunately, Dan. <laughs> but um, we've always got the memories, haven't we? Indeed, we have. End of the bridges, end of the water, <laughs> and the tributaries. Bridges of Madison County. Um, right, two more races to go. I'm declaring another one. They're both the same price, and they're both been a bit of headache horse. Headache horses, migraine uh, makers in recent weeks. But again, I'm thinking to myself. So I'm, it's almost exactly the same situation for me. District Attorney Sanday's got gate speed. I don't. Th- I don't think. They use it. Drawn right next door. Shorty's mate goes back. Radius had a crack at using his early speed. Two starts back. It didn't end well. I don't think he does it again here. Pulled the other leg. Had a genuine crack to cross district attorney and couldn't last start. Do they have a crack again? Cobb has trialled really well and went to another level last campaign. But do you fly him out from gate six? The way I'm reading this is the district attorney is going to lead and get a relatively comfortable run. And in fact, despite the fact there's some very nice horses off the front row, that his major danger is probably sitting right behind him in the form of Finn Frost. Discuss. I uh, I think you're right. I think you read it the right way. Um, I've tipped Finn Frost, um, a district attorney. Yeah, he'll lead. Uh, I, I think he'll lead. Um, but at the same time, everything else in the race would be aware that, oh, I wouldn't say he's a, a brilliant beginner, but he's a good beginner. Sometimes they haven't really tested him, district attorney. But those last couple of runs against similar company, uh, would do him the world of good and then to be hard fit now, I reckon, because uh, he'd had a couple of months between runs before that second uh, and then his last start performance, he just got softened up a bit and I think it'll toughen him up. So he'll be very hard to beat. Uh, but so will Finn Frost. Finn Frost has just got to maintain that spot behind the leader. Uh, he's going uh, terrific, uh, Finn Frost. And I reckon the drawer, um, Nathan Jack will be doing his absolute best to, to hold leaders back. He might be able to do it easy, uh, he might have to work for it, but I think it'll be worth uh, Finn Frost's uh, while to do it. So I've tipped eight from one, thinking the pegs might be the place to be. Um, naturally, the the spanner in the works horses, who are they? Radius, we know, can come off the gate, but I think it's proven if he did come off the gate, he'll take an immediate sit, which might help a pull the other leg or even a cobber. Pull the other leg is Chris Elford to drive this time. He, he pulled very hard first up and pulled himself into the ground. So Chris is obviously very strong, can hold him. He might want to whiz him off the arm and have a crack for the early lead. He's a little bit fitter. 
They're also at risk that he might fire up again as well. Chances are, though, District Attorney who kept him out last time would do the same again. And if there's just that injection, is something coming out of the gate in the early part to test District Attorney, that's what might slightly favour Finn Frost. And that's what I'm, say I'm banking on, but that's the thought process that I had. So eight Finn Frost curled up behind the leader's sprint lane. One District Attorney, very hard to beat. I've put Paul the other leg in there, but he could be very much hit-miss like last start. His best is good enough to win it. Whether he's good enough to win it, sitting without cover or coming from behind, not sure, but he'll be fitter. Uh, he's in the mix because if he did cross and lead, wow, he goes, he's nearly equal favourite then and, and covers the horse with improvement to come, but a good quality performer. Eight, one, five and six. I've got one, eight, six and three. So we've read it the same way, Matt-wise. Um, I'm just thinking potentially that district attorney, if it was to leave, would get an easy enough run. Finn Frost would have to be very, very, very fast through that final 150 metres of the uh, of the Melton Park sprint lane to beat him. So um, I'm declaring a couple of runners that I don't know if I'd trust 1,000%, but I think the races are appropriate, well, perfectly suited for them. So they're on. The, I'm, I'm totally with them, and we're going into war together. And it might be one of their last chances if they lose. So they're on notice. District Attorney on top of Finn Frost. Um, I'm I'm actually quite excited after uh, a nice recent trial to see where Cobber can get to this preparation because he improved in leaps and bounds uh, last time in Dan. And I'm just wondering, is he is he got the capability of being a uh, what you know what we call a proper good horse? Uh, look, I think so. He, he split. He's a son of a gun and interest-free uh, last yeah. prep and finished head of catch a wave. So he's got experience against very good horses here and we're probably erring, um, being more cautionate with Cobber because he's first up, but he might be the class horse and, and largely forgotten and you get the value for. I don't think you're going to uh, afford, well, maybe it's being able to afford to throw him in, but whether you're big six or you're... Uh, your quaddy, um, at least in your B quaddy, he has to be in your thoughts, Cobber, because he's got the ability. Well, I'm going to say this too. There's no place prices there, and gamble responsibly. You win some, you lose more. Call one eight hundred eight five eight eight five eight if you have a problem. But it, I, I feel like uh, I've spent so many weeks backing Shorty's made a place, and he's run between fourth and sixth that I've got to keep parlaying. So you start with ten dollars, twenty, forty, eighty, because at some stage Shorty's mate's going to pop up. And he's going, to run, he's going to run top three and he'll be $6. And I want to get all the money back once that happens, Dan. Is that sensible punting? I mean, it's sensible punting. I used that theory one night at the casino in Adelaide and ordered a, ordered a round of drinks for everyone. Wasn't having a bad day. And ordered a set of drinks and, you know, proceeded to back even money on the wheel. It didn't get up, doubled up, doubled up, doubled up, doubled up. And let's just say we kept doubling up. Such uh, double ups got to the stage where by the time the drinks came back, I had no money to pay from. So... Be, care- be careful of that theory. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. If you're still playing the tables and you lose that much, I think they'll get, they might comp those drinks <laughs> for you and the friends. Um, and Robbie Williams. Race eight. Uh, <laughs> race eight at uh, Melbourne is a final event on the card. It's the final leg of the big six and the quaddy. We might talk a bit more about a, a big six combination in a moment. Tab Uncle Patrika Trotter's free for all. You talk about um, the scheduling of races, and it might look funny to have the feature – Trot named after an Inter-Dominion winner as the last race in the card. But with Mufasa Metro out, it's a, um, it's a small field. It's probably not going to be a massive turnover race. But I'll say this. When I first looked at the race, I just thought, well, Elder Baron Zeus, how far? Let's move on. 
I've watched that last trial from Ultimate Stride, and I'm with Ultimate Stride now. Dan, what are you doing? Well, I mentioned before about Chris Lang's team. They just they came yeah. to the fore last week, didn't they? So an Ultimate Stride has trial like those horses performed last week. So however Chris is training them, whatever he's feeding them, confidence in human, confidence in horse, um, I can see where you're coming from. But I, I need to go with a hard fit, race fit, multiple group one winner, Elder Baron Zeus. So he's my tip. He stood out. But I, I agree with you. I'm... I'm I'm giving the ultimate stride far more respect now um, because of the way he's trialled. Took him a while last prep to really find his form, though, didn't it? So, but the the stable, you know, one what do they say? One one swallow doesn't make a summer. But on the four swallows I saw last week, I'm talking <laughs> birds here, by the way. Um, I'm talking about avian birds, <laughs> avian, by the way. Avian, yeah, avian. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, that I've got more respect for anything that Chris has got because um, the, the the whole team and what we saw last week all went fantastic. Uh, but I think Elder Baron Zeus, has, will he lead ultimate stride here? I mean, I, I suspect that ultimate stride may get past Bullion Harry being the stable mate to get to the pegs. But has Elder Baron Zeus got the necessary speed to... To, to lead everything in this race? Um, maybe, but I'll say this. He doesn't fly at Elder Baron Zeus. He doesn't fly it. And Ultimate Stride has never probably appealed as a a, um, a gate speed horse, but he showed good early speed in this trial. Now, just to give context, you said it took him a while to wind up last preparation. He's had four trials, Ultimate Stride, to, to uh, prepare him for this campaign. The first three, yep, yep, yep. This last trial, over 17.20 at Melton, he's gone 156.2, home in 57.68, and beaten Brandlow Prince by 32 metres. Now, Elder Baron Zeus is a multiple group one winner and, does, and probably deserves favouritism, but I, I'll go as far as to say if, I, if, if my two best of the night are outlaw man and district attorney, ultimate stride would nearly be my next best because we've seen what he's like when he's actually in the mood. And if that wasn't him in the mood in that trial, then uh, I don't know. I don't know what will be. But it, the start will be interesting. There's no doubt. Bullion Harry's going to want to be handing up to the stablemate, isn't he? In Ultimate Stride, if Ultimate Zeus can, if Elder Baron <laughs> Zeus, I should say, if Ultimate, uh, if um, Elder Baron Stride, if uh, no, if Elder Baron <laughs> Zeus can bomb them at the start, yes, of course he's the one to beat. But I, I'm not confident enough that will happen to make me uh, sway away. Big runga from, from ultimate stride here, but uh, you're with the Zeus. Look, if Aldebaran Zeus leads, they're going to single out an Indian file, aren't they? So a yeah. major advantage, Aldebaran Zeus. Yeah. That first 150 becomes oh so critical. It does. If ultimate stride is able, I, I, I would think it would get past Bullion Harry. Yep. Um, and one of two, it's going to get the right run behind Aldebaran Zeus, but it would want to make it work, wouldn't it? Want to come out of the gate, intention either to lead or make sure Aldebaran Zeus has to work to get past it. One thing Chris Alford's very good at is dropping anchor really quickly and to advantage himself. Um, short distance, a lot of trials. It makes sense with ultimate stride. I must admit, I'm semi-hedging my bet. You've made such a good case here that I feel like I've underestimated ultimate stride a little bit. But Aldebaran Zeus... Uh, hard fit can afford to work and sustain that early burn, if you like. If Chris, I reckon he'll have confidence that he could push it for three or 400 metres to cross and it'll be worth it, just to maybe soften up ultimate stride, if indeed that's possible. 
Um, otherwise, Chris Lang's going to get the right run, use a sprint lane. If it's a 200-metre sprint home, who's faster, Elderberry and Zeus or Ultimate Stride? Because it might just be that race, because there's no death horse. Nephew or Sunoco, he move up, might move up without cover, but it's not going to be the right place to be unless he has a crack for the early lead, which is, depending on how he scores up, it's 50-50 at the best of times. And credit master, I can't see him in any other position rather uh, other than looking for cover and to come with one run. So... Um, Elder Baron crosses and leads. Um, he he just dashes up the home straight. So I think Ultimate Stride has got off offer uh, some resistance in the early part of the race, and maybe Chris is confident enough. His horse is quick enough and can lead, and that changes the dynamics of that race uh, to favour Ultimate Stride. So the first hundred and fifty to two hundred is crucial. It certainly is, and I'm, I'll, I'll be with Ultimate Stride. You're with Elder Baron Zeus. Break yep. time. We'll be back and bring in a couple of those new segments, including our best. For the meeting tomorrow night at Melton Park. Here are the panel's best. News King up the first of two. Multiculture coming up in a moment as well. Uh, best bets for me. Uh, race six, number one, Outlaw Man, and race seven, number one, District Attorney. Uh, and I'm thinking. As I was prosecuting my case to you, I got even more confident about Ultimate Stride. So it might be the other one. Dan, your best for tomorrow night. Uh, you've made me back down. I wasn't going to tip uh, Elder and Zeus as one of my two. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually just going to make race five, number seven, my best now, Magnetic Terror. Um, you've made such a good case there. If you were a barrister, I'd be giving you a <laughs> ring afterwards and say, hey, can you represent me? Uh, I'm still tipping Elder Baron Zeus, but my best race five, number seven, Magnetic Terror. And and I thought each way, it's, it's firmed up a bit now. Race seven, number eight, Finn Frost. I think he'll give you a great sight. And uh, and we've both already told you that that's not my gaiters over the odds. That's a nice little short segment, I think. We might uh, have another break and come back with our multis, which I'd imagine would include what we've got here. But I'll tell you what, it might be a little bit more of a struggle for Dan because he's only got the one best. He might get a little bit creative. We'll find out in just a moment. Friday form panel about to wind up in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. It's time for Multiculture. Nice little segue from you. All you didn't notice, but many years ago, Vanessa Amorosi came to the Trots. might have been during the 2000 uh, Inter-Dominion Carnival, was it, Dan? I'm thinking it was a Hunter Cup, but whatever Cup, it was, yeah. it, it was huge. It was massive. Yeah. Um, uh, look, it was one of the most memorable nights at the Trots, and that was at Mooney Valley. And yep. um, it, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was fabulous, absolutely fabulous. It was like being at a concert, and the Trots were on a well, good concert. Yeah, I'd love to get a bit of that happening again. Uh, multi culture, fifty dollars. I'm going to have two different multis. I'm going to have forty dollars on this one, Outlaw Man and District Attorney. Uh, both to win, and I'm going to have $10 on both of those to win, uh, along with Polly Put Kettle on and Ultimate Stride. Dan, what's your multi? All right, I'm thinking of an A1 and a B1. I'm not quite sure how it'll work out. Um, I'm thinking if you took the last leg with Elder Baron Zeus and you had to save, you could always take a single exactor, Ultimate Stride first, Elder Baron Zeus second. However, to keep it simple... All up, race five, number seven, Magnetic Terror. Yep. Into, I've just seen the place price for Code Bailey. I know there's only two place dividends, but it's 260. Mm-hmm. So place, race six, number six, Code Bailey. Into place, race seven, number eight, Finn Frost. Three-legged, race five, seven, Magnetic Terror. 
race, which is a dollar eighty. Race six, number six, Code Bailey Place at two sixty, and race seven, number eight, uh, Finfrost the Place. He was about a dollar forty-ish. Actually, there's no place price up there at the moment for for him. So if necessary, take just take the first two. Um, and if you wanted to include Elderberry and Zeus, I'd do that if it's alive. Have a saver on the exactor with ultimate stride to beat him. Hopefully, that's not too much information. No, we'll keep good. it simple. That's... Magnetic Terra into Co Bailey. Yeah, no, that's, that's magnificent. And you're going to get about, if you throw in uh, Finn Frost to place, you'll get around $5. And this is how we get lured into the multis. Um, that um, they stay, when you actually calculate them, they often look juicier than you thought that they mm. would, but they're very, very hard to get. But we're going to monitor these in coming weeks. Great work by Ollie out there to get those stingers made up and get us a couple of new segments. Uh, just before I leave, I just saw that Doug Mulray passed away. Uh, Dan, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you remember. I've done some pretty wild things in my life, but I've never been kicked off TV during a live show. Doug Mulray uh, took it to another level there for a while. Yeah, the, the comedian, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he he had um, uh, a face that and he had the long sort of grey yes. hair, balding front. So, yeah, yeah, that's that was him, wasn't it? There yeah. was there was one show when I was a kid that there was a live show and it, I think it was going for about eighteen minutes. And I'm pretty sure Kerry Packer or whoever it was, Kerry Stokes, whatever station it was, just called up and said, "This is this is done. We're taking this off the air right now." So I've still got a little way to go before well, I get there, Ke- but everyone's got to have goals. Kerry Packer, I think Kerry Packer. Employed him and then he, he banned him. Didn't he ban yeah, him for life? Yeah, or that's something right. Like that? That's yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> magnificent. Um, looking forward to this meeting at uh, eight races. Uh, magnificent. We love that, don't we, Dan? Eight races oh, is fantastic. You know what? I could even handle nine, but that's perfect. Yeah. And and, and I tell you what, some good competitive races. And I I love I love events where you can't be a hundred percent sure what's going to happen. And you and I often concur about maps and all the rest of it, but. We're in two minds on a couple of these, and that creates yeah. excitement for the fan, for the zealot, and even for you as a caller, mate. So enjoy, and I'll see you out there tomorrow night. Yeah, look forward to it. Thanks, Jase. There's Dan Malecki, the legend that he is, Jay Bond signing off. Hopefully you enjoyed the rest of your Friday. Make sure to enjoy. I think it's going to rain a little bit later on, but all I can say, two words. Go Pies! Au revoir.